0: I want to thank God for today's midweek service I want to appreciate the name of the Lord. For a very long time we've been doing these um, studies through the handouts we have sent as a Lord at the lockdown. But we just felt today being the very first one teaching on the team, LD Family and the LD Church, we decided to do it in this form so that we can all be carried along. the import of the message God wants us to pick from this theme for this particular month so I want to welcome each and every one of us and I want to appreciate God for your lives and sparing the lives of each and every one of us and I pray that as we go deep into the word of God tonight the Lord will bless each and every one of us in Jesus name shall we pray Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, the Bible says the entrance of your word giveth light. It bringeth understanding to the simple. We pray today that as we share of your word, speak to every one of us in Jesus' name. That at the climax of it all, every one of us will declare that we have been blessed. Let it be so in the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Like we all know, the theme for this month, the month of May, and it's a theme for the whole organization, the Four School Organization, is LD Family, LD Church, taken from the book of Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. But today I will be doing an exposition of that particular test. The, the test is taken from Acts chapter 16, from verse 31 to 34. But we'll be concentrating, taking it up from verse 25 up to, up to um, 30, 34, up to 34 by the grace of God. And I'll be speaking on the power of God, the power of the gospel in times of crisis. Um, I want us to know that we must not lose the actual benefit of what God is bringing out in all that is happening. A lot of us what we are seeing is the crisis the crisis the crisis there's something god is bringing out there's something god is trying to teach us and then um, is that import tonight i want us to take out from these teachings so i like us if you have your bible let's open to Acts chapter 16 i'm going to read from verse 25 to 34 and then we'll take off as 16 from 25 you say, and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed, and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaking. And immediately all the doors were opened, and every one's band were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword. And would have killed themselves, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, "Do thyself no harm, for we are all here." Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved?" And they said, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house." And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized. And he and all his is straight away. Verse 34. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Like I said, we are speaking and teaching on the subject, the power of the gospel in times of crisis. I want to start by saying, number one, that the God that we serve is a God of purpose. There is nothing that God does without a purpose. Whenever a believer is passing through a particular trial or crisis, there is something for you to learn. There is a purpose why God is allowing it to happen. And then, when you talk about purpose, you need to look at the ultimate purpose of God in whatever we are doing. Apostle Paul was speaking in the book of Romans, chapter ten, verse one. He said, "My heart's desire for the people of Israel is that they might be saved." I want us to know that the ultimate purpose of God in whatever we are doing on this part of eternity is that we will be saved. There will be there will be salvation for all men. And for all women, as believers, we must learn to see God in whatever crisis of our lives that we are passing through. Whatever you are passing through in life, if you are really a true believer, you must learn to see the the you must learn to see God's own reason, God's own part in whatever you are passing through. In this particular test, where that we just read, where our team is taken from. Paul and Silas were passed in a very deep crisis. They had gone to preach the word of God, and they were arrested. Arrested for preaching the word of God. So what did they do? They were striped. They were beaten with rods, imprisoned, and put in chains, like I said, for no other reason but preaching the gospel. We are not even going through crisis today for preaching the gospel. The crisis that we face the COVID-19, many of us will say it's the devil that has brought it. Many of us will say it's God that has brought it to punish us. But I want us to know that in the time of crisis, there is a purpose, there is something to learn. And I want to say again that by the grace of God, none of us will lose the purpose of God in this particular crisis. In the name of Jesus. In their own time of crisis, what did Paul and Silas do? They had a strong witness. They were a source of a strong witness. They were a source of a strong testimony of their faith. Many of us are beginning to waver in our faith, asking a lot of questions. This is not the time to begin to say, Why would God allow us to pass through all this? It is actually a time to see God. That God is working out something and that God wants you to use this opportunity to also bring the word of God to others who do not know him. As believers, we must see God using the times of hopelessness and helplessness as an opportunity to prepare souls around us for salvation. If you are are somebody who is conversant with the Bible, and you have gone through this particular place of the Bible that I just went through, you will see that at the end of the day, those who even put Paul in jail, those who were the ones under which Paul was, was, they were supposed to be the ones looking after Paul. When God had finished with them, because they were a source of witness and a source of testimony, they gave their lives to Christ. And I'm believing that God wants us to, God is using this time of crisis for us to bring men and women into His kingdom. And I pray that we will not lose that particular fact in Jesus' name. So I want to talk about the power of the gospel. And by extension, we'll be able to look at the faith of salvation and the fruits of salvation at the end of the day. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of the saving grace offered to humanity through the death, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Now I want us to know that when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about the good news that has been delivered to humanity. The good news that God gave to us through his death through his burial, and through his resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And whenever this gospel is preached, whenever this good news is preached, the power to save, the power to heal, and the power to deliver is released. It becomes a portion of everyone who believes. And that's why Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He said, because it is the power of God unto salvation to every man that believeth. What is the deliverance that comes? We are delivered from the powers of darkness into God's marvelous light. Every time the gospel is preached, there is deliverance that comes. There is healing that comes. And there is salvation that comes. And that's what we want to look at again this evening the deliverance that comes, the salvation that comes, and the healing that comes every time the gospel is preached. For every believer, three things, for four things I want to mention this evening that we need to take note of. For every one of us that is a believer, I want us to know that every situation, whether good or bad, it presents an opportunity to preach the gospel. For many of us, it is only when things are going on very well. We have just been promoted, we have just been blessed, that we have just been packed into a new house, that we believe that we have a testimony to share. But I want you to know that whether you, you are passing through good times or bad times, God is there. God is with you wherever you find yourself. Paul and Silas were in prison. It was a very difficult situation. But you know something? They used that situation to do what? To pray and to sing. In verse 25 it says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners had them. You can imagine that they did not. They, they were not even singing silently. They were not even praying silently. It was something they were doing openly, and everybody was hearing. I want to encourage us for every one of us that is a child of God. This is not a time to despair. This is not a time to be, 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 begin to feel otherwise. It is a time in this time of crisis of COVID nineteen pandemic. The church building may be short, but I want us to see it as an opportunity to pray, an opportunity to sing, and an opportunity to declare the word of God. The example of Paul and Silas makes it very clear to us that that is what is expected of us as children of God. That is what is expected of us as children of the living God. Number two, I want us to know that God will always respond to our prayers. He will respond to our singing, and he will respond to our preaching of the word of God in the time of crisis. Whatever you do as a child of God, especially for Him, it's for Him to respond. When you pray, it's a call upon me, I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you have never known. Every time we sing, when the children of Israel sang, the ones of Jericho came down, Every time we preach the word of God, there is power in the word of God that brings healing and brings deliverance. In verse 26, when they sang and when they praised God, verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's band were loosed. When Paul and Silas sang and praised God, there was a the move of God. I want you to know that as a child of God, every time in, in the time of crisis, when you pray, when you sing, God will move. God will move. In this particular case, suddenly there was a great earthquake. There was a the move of God through an earthquake as they prayed and sank. We are not to be ashamed of the gospel. As a child of God, don't be ashamed of the gospel. He said because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. Romans chapter one, verses fifteen to sixteen. He said because in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from what from faith to faith for everyone that believes. So I want to encourage you. This is the time to. Pray. this is the time to sing praises, and this is the time to preach the word of God. There are many waiting in the valley of decision, waiting to hear the word of God. Many are at the point of death, this COVID-19 sickness. Many are in the state of hopelessness, helplessness. And you see, one thing is that only Jesus can save them. And if we don't take the word of God to them, it will be difficult for them to hear The word of God. The tragedy of COVID-19 could be God moving in responses to prayers of the saints. And we must see it as God preparing the heart of the people to receive the gospel. God is using the crisis all over the world today to prepare the heart of men. To prepare the heart of women. Listen to me. Governments are trying. But the truth is that there is no salvation in any other name except in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, as believers, we also need to know that God can use Christ to stir up the hearts of men to cry for salvation, as he used the earthquake to stir up the heart of the jailer. Look at what happened when there was a, an earthquake, in verse 27. And the keeper of the prison awakening me from his sleep. He was sleeping. But when the earthquake happened, he woke up from his sleep. And seeing the prisoner's door open, he thought the prisoners had run away. He took a sword. He drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. He wanted to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had fled. The jailer was at the point of taking his life when he had a call from Paul not to take his life. The miserable people of the world are waiting for that cry from you as a believer. They are waiting for that cry. Don't kill yourself. Don't commit suicide. Because there is salvation waiting for you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That cry that will deliver them from the destruction that is almost consuming them. Will renew with your voice. Lift up that cry and bring them out of their situation of hopelessness. In verse 20, it says, Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are here. We need to know that in the situation that these ones find themselves, we must be the ones to do what? To cry and bring them out of that destruction. Number four point I want us to know is that fear could be a legitimate weapon for seeking salvation. You can see what happened in this place. The man was afraid. The jailer was already afraid. Number one, the earthquake brought fear. You can imagine as we are all in our various homes now, there's a mighty earthquake. The first tendency is for all of us to be afraid. So he was already afraid of that. Number two, his mind went to the fact that the jailers would have run away, and he felt that the only way to excuse himself was to take his life because how can you explain to people that people were put under you? They escaped, but he heard the voice of Paul saying, "Don't do that in the midst of that fear, don't do that. We are here. We didn't run away. The jailer, out of fear of the God who could cause earthquake. Number one, this is a God that can cause earthquake, that shook the whole prison, and yet the prisoners did not escape. That same God kept the prisoners from not escaping. He called for a light. What did he do? The next thing he did was to call for a light. Verse, verse 29. When he heard the voice of Paul, That one gave him some level of assurance. Then he called for a light. And then sprang in. He was on the corridor that had light. Paul and other Silas were inside the dungeon. Full of darkness. So he called for a light. To go and meet them where they were. At least to be sure that they were fully in that place. And came trembling. And when he came before Paul. he He was trembling. And fell down before Paul and Silas. I want you to know that there are people living in fear today of the consequences, the effects of COVID-19. Some of them, are, they, they, they are trembling at what is going to happen. And listen to me, only Jesus can bring deliverance and salvation at a time like this. I want you to know that God has planted you in that compound. God has planted you in that office to be men and women who will bring this word of salvation, this gospel of salvation that will bring deliverance like he brought to this jailer at a particular point like this. I want us to open our Bibles to Acts chapter 16 um, and read that verse 29 and 30 again. It says, Then he called for a light, sprang in, and came trembling, and fell before Paul and Silas, and brought them out. He brought Paul, brought Paul and Silas out of prison. I want you to know that you yourself that is preaching the word of God is also an avenue for God to also deliver you. By the reason of the fact that Paul and Silas were preaching the word of God, God brought them out of what? Out of the dungeon. And he, and he said to Paul and Silas, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved? There are many in the Valley of Decision today asking the same question. What am I going to do to be saved? To be saved from the economic crisis all over the world. To be saved from the challenges of the world that we see all over the place. Matthew chapter 10. I also want us to look at Matthew chapter 10 verse 28. Please open your Bible to Matthew chapter 10. I want to read verse 28. Verse 28. He said, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to keep the, keep the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both the body, both the soul and the body in hell. COVID 19 can destroy the body, but it can't destroy the soul and the body. But there is a God in heaven, this jailer took the right decision to fear the one who is able to destroy the body and destroy the soul. I also want us to look at Luke chapter 1 verse 50. Luke chapter 1 verse 50. Luke 1 verse 50. I will read from here. It says, And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. The jailer enjoyed the mercy of God because of the fear of God. For him to be trembling before Paul and Silas, it was because he had the fear of God. The jailer had no choice but to seek to know this God of Paul and Silas, who had been pre- who they had been preaching about. They had, no, he, he had no choice. The same God who brought earthquake, the same God who kept the prisoners, the same God they have been preaching about. He had no choice than to do or than to surrender his life to that same God. I'm repeating again: there are many in the valley of decisions. Some are sick, they have tried all possible avenues to get healed, and there is no solution. If only somebody can let them know that there is a God who can bring deliverance and salvation to them. The power of the gospel which God offers and which we will be examining to, which we are examining today under two broad headings, namely. The faith of salvation and the fruits of salvation. Now those are the two things we see in the test test for our team for this month. LD Family, LD Church. Two things. The the faith of salvation and the fruits of salvation. Let's look first of all at the faith of salvation. Salvation is by grace, through faith. And it is what brings, like we have seen, deliverance from sin and oppression of the devil. Listen to me, if a man is not yet saved, he will still be under the oppression of the devil. He will be under the oppression of sin. You will not be able to fulfill your divine purpose as long as you are still living in one sin or the other. And salvation involves two things. Confession with your mouth of the Lordship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Those are the two things that are required for you to be saved as a child of God. In Romans chapter 10, I want to read verse 9 of Romans chapter 10. Verse 9 of Romans chapter 10. It says, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Two things. things. That's why we say it's by grace. You don't need to pay any special money. You don't need to to pray a long prayer. All you need to do is, number one, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And number two, believe in your heart that God raised this Jesus from the dead. The Bible says, on this spot, you automatically become saved. Three important points I want us to take from this text that we are reading. as chapter 16, where our team is taken from. Now, starting from verse, um, verse 31, which is actually where our team is. It says, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The first point I want to make is the necessity of believing. Necessity of believing. Like we have seen, salvation is by believing in the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once you believe in the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you are saved. And salvation is only in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other name by which any man can be saved except by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. He said, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other name under heaven that can wrought salvation in our lives. And in this particular place, we also see the influence of the head of the family. The jailer, first of all, received salvation and he didn't stop there. He quickly ran home. Took Paul and Silas to his house so that his household can also be saved. And that's where I think that's why we are talking about the LD what, the healthy family. That family became healthy. The basis of what good earth in any family is the salvation of the souls of those members of the family. The reason why your home is sick today, the reason why your marriage is sick today, I want you to look at it, is because there are still members in your family who are not born again. If every member of your family becomes born again and surrenders their life to Christ, that family will become a healthy one. So this jailer knew that point And he said, look, I'm not going to be the only one that will receive salvation. My household and I will do what? Will receive what? Salvation. Number two is the necessity of understanding the word of God. So apart from believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 32, and they speak unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. So first of all, they, they believed, and then number two, they, because these were people who were ignorant of the word of God. They have never heard about the word of God. It's also important that as we preach to people and they become saved, we must follow them up, establishing them in the word of God. Paul and Silas had to instruct the jailers house on the basics of salvation. And the word of God, as they were ignorant of the gospel. Healthy families and healthy church requires that we take the word of God very seriously. We must take the word of God very seriously if we are going to be healthy as a family and as a church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 4, Paul was saying, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. And which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, and unless ye have believed in vain. You must keep the word of God that has been preached, that you are hearing on a daily basis in your memory. He says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which also I have received, how that Jesus Christ died for our sins, and according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. The gospel is not in all the kind of messages we hear today. The gospel is in what? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These three things that happened to him on the cross of Calvary released the grace of God that has brought salvation For all men and women of today. So when people believe in the word of God. They must take a step of faith. To study the word of God. So that they can show themselves approved. Of God. And number three is the necessity of repentance. And baptism. We see that in verse 33. And he took them the same hour of the night. And washed their stripes. And was baptized. He and all his. Straight away. So they did not just believe the word of God. They were not just taught the word of God. Immediately they were baptized. They were baptized straight away. They they haven't, haven't received the word of God. The man and the family believed and trusted Christ as their Savior. And they repented of their sins and were baptized. He demonstrated repentance by caring for the wounds of Paul and Silas. He had badly treated. These are are people Paul and Silas had, had treated very badly. And one of the ways you can know that he has repented is that he decided to treat them very well. Brought them to his house. In verse 4, the Bible says he set meat before them. Took care of them. He shows repentance. So when we see people who have demonstrated repentance, we do what? And have believed in the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The next thing to do is to baptize them. Is to baptize them. And the whole family of the jailer on that day were baptized. So those that, that, that are the things I want us to see in the faith of our salvation. Salvation is all about what? The saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Salvation is all about our believing, believing with our hearts. The Lordship sheep confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And then we must also have an understanding of the word of God. And then we must be baptized. The second aspect I want to look at before we round up is the fruits of salvation. And from the tests that we are going through, and that we see in verse thirty-four, he said, "When he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with his house." This is, this was the fruit of salvation. We have assurance of salvation when we rest and ensure continuously that we rely on it. A lot of people are saved, but they don't have this assurance of salvation. For you to continuously have the assurance of salvation, you must rely on what you believe. You must not go out of what you believe. The devil will bring temptation. The devil wants want you to say one thing or the other. Do one thing or the other against what you believe. No. Rely on what you believe. What you proclaim as a child of God. And when you do that, you will begin to see fruits. Follow The salvation that God has wrought. In this particular passage in verse 34, we see three different fruits following um, the gospel of salvation that was preached. Number one was the privilege to minister to fellow believers. Praise the Lord. Paul and Silas had the privilege to minister to others. They ministered to the jailers and those who were in prison and by extension also ministered to the family of the jailers. The jailer did not just want to hear the word of God alone. He decided to do what? Go ahead and also make the word of God to be shared among his family. The jailer brought Paul and Silas to minister to his household. And I want to say that one way we can show that we are truly saved is to bring the gospel to people around us. There are people in your compound who do not yet know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You are not saved yet until you make them to see the salvation that God has wrought. You may be a very. The truth is that one rich man in a, a particular community. If you are a rich man in a particular community and every other person is poor, you are automatically a poor man. If you say you are saved and every other person around you, your father, your mother, your children, your wife. Your husband, as the case may be, they are all unbelievers. Your salvation has a question mark. So when you are saved, you must do what for you to have a healthy family. You must draw that, those family members around you, neighbors around you, to the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that was what the jailer taught and showed to us in this particular case. And number two, and rejoice. Set meat before them. There was joy and rejoicing. Because salvation has come. Apart from the fact that there's joy in heaven whenever a sinner surrenders his life to Christ, there's there's one of the fruits of the spirit. Because what happens in salvation is that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God comes into the life of a man. The Spirit of God that was not, that was latent, comes alive. And it brings, one of the things it brings, apart from love, it brings joy. There was joy and rejoicing in the household of the jailer. I don't know whether your family, your home is full of sadness, bitterness. It is because of what? The missing link of Jesus Christ that is not manifesting himself in that home and in that family. I want to say that God saved them. From the what, from the grip of sin, death, knowing that God has saved them from death, from condemnation. The next thing that was going to happen to them was joy and rejoicing. And then finally, in that, it says, believing in God with all his heart, there was salvation of the family. Paul and Silas standing and praising God in the time of crisis brought about the salvation of a whole family. I want you to know that if there's any reason why there's crisis all over the world today, it is because that through you, that your neighbor, that your co-worker and the family will come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That is the only way we can have a healthy family. And you know, the salvation did not only stop with the jailer and the family. The following day, you know what happened? They brought Paul and Silas out. The the people who jailed them, they were holding a meeting and said, go and bring them. And Paul and Silas said, no, we're not going to come back to you. you. When you jailed us, you did it openly. Why will you want us to come secretly to you now? And you know, through that, a lot of the city, a lot of families in the city, when you read from verse 35 to verse 40, also became what? Born again. In conclusion, one of the qualities of a healthy family, healthy church, is that they are fully involved in the preaching of the gospel. Your family is not a healthy one, but by extension, a church is not healthy if they are not preaching the gospel. Every time I talk about the qualities of a living church, which is a healthy church, a living church is a healthy church, Acts chapter 2 from verse 41, the Bible says, and souls were added daily. 3,000 souls were added to the church in one day. Any church that you don't have daily addition of souls is not a living church. Any church where souls are not being added on a daily basis is not a living church. Any family, Christian family, that is not adding others, adding souls to it on a daily basis is not a healthy family. It's not a healthy family. One way to know that your family is healthy is that the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation, is still being preached. That your family is a soul-winning family. For every believer, I want us to know that all things like we have seen work together for good. Whatever you are passing through, this COVID-19 is for good for every believer. See it from that angle and allow the purpose of God to be perfected in our lives. Instead of living in despair and despondency in the time of crisis, the true believer sees the responsibility he carries. I want us to know that we carry a responsibility in a time like this. And what is that responsibility? To do what? To turn this atmosphere of hopelessness, this atmosphere of helplessness, this atmosphere of what? Of despondency to one of hope and hope from above, that salvation offers. When we preach the word of God, there's, there's, there's a hope of internal life. There's a hope of healing. There's a hope of deliverance that salvation offers to us. And you know, usually when we when we do what we are supposed to do, preach in the time of crisis, preach in the time of natural disasters, there a move of God that takes place. Most minds are turned towards God as the word of God is preached. As I round up this teaching this evening, I want you to know that God is in all that is happening in your life right now because he wants to accomplish a particular purpose. He wants to use you to bring about the salvation of that family member. The salvation of that neighbor, the salvation of that co-worker in your place of work. And if only you will align him, I want to assure you that you will not be disappointed in Jesus' name. I want us to take some comments, discuss some of the things that we have shared, and then there are also prayer items that will follow. We also pray those prayers, because in the name of the Lord, You will fulfill purpose. You will accomplish destiny. And God's God's ultimate objective for your life shall be perfected in Jesus' name. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. Thank you because there is no one like you. We appreciate you because from eternity to eternity you will continue to be God. Take all the glory in the name of Jesus. For your word that we have shared this evening. Use it to minister to your people. Stir up the hearts of your people. As many, our Lord and our God who have not loved to go preach your word, let today mark the turning point. Let the spirit of revival rest be released upon them. Let your name alone forever be honored. Thank you that is for everything. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Mm-hmm.